Welcome to Set Meals, a weekly food show about the moments that surround mealtimes. I'm Samuel Ashton. And I'm Taylor Fawcett. And we're two friends that review a Bormski on Apple Podcasts referred to as... Unlistenable banter boys. So jarring that he almost turned us off. Didn't know, did ya? Bromsky. Two friends that eat more than we should and talk about it even more. It's the foundation of a strong and stable friendship. If you're new to Set Meals, we're a food podcast led by the insatiable hunger of its hosts. Two people who don't really know that much about food. Last week, we made a deep dive into the wonderful world of the New York Slice with our new friend Alexis Guerreros. Sounds like a cartoon. As we visited Scars, Lindy Street and Prince Street, as we tried to answer the burning question, what is New York-style pizza? This week, we're finishing off our New York doubleheader. It is Thanksgiving, after all. The The big, unofficial Set Meals Thanksgiving episode. So what better way to bless the harvest than to build an A-star quality audio production filled to the brim of everything else I experienced during my trip in New York City? Cole Wilson. Winsun Bakery. And an extended conversation with Emily Elise Miller, author of Breakfast, an absolute Bible of a cookbook about, well, breakfast. And founder of Breakfast Club, a series of morning time events that bring like-minded people together. Say breakfast more. Breakfast. Set Meals Season 3 Episode 2 is 30 minutes of unadulterated food chat led by your two unlistenable banter boys. We're not even that banterous, for God's sake. So lay that napkin on your lap, carve that turkey. Oh, one more thing. Check out our social channels at Set Meals Podcast for visual delights aplenty that complement not this episode, but every episode. Right then, let's get into the show. Let's do the show. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm right. I'm ill. I'm ill. Yeah, I'm ill. Yeah, I feel like you've been ill a lot recently. No, I've not been ill a lot. I've just been ill consistently for the last week. Yeah, that's true. I've been the same. Like, you know, how normally when you're ill, you're ill, and then you go down. You're really ill, and you come back out. Yeah, I have just been at sort of mid-level ill, plateau ill, ill enough that I sort of hate everything. Mm-hmm. And like working's quite hard, and I'm a bit distracted, and yeah. I feel terrible, but not so ill that I just have to like stay in bed. Would you prefer... Well, I was in bed for most of the weekend. Would you prefer to feel uh, shitty at your desk or really shitty at your bedtime? If you had to have one time where it was like loose freed up to feel better in the day and you couldn't have both, when would you rather feel better? Oh, I'd rather feel better at night trying to go to sleep. Yeah, 100%. Didn't, didn't help that you were sat at the uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last night. No, I told you it was warm. It was warm. I, I, went, I really wrapped up Fair. and I actually couldn't sleep last night because I was overheated at the football. Probably all that... Uh, all the, all the football, all the atmosphere. I wanted to invite him for the dressing room to celebrate with us, but he disappears. I don't know. I don't know where it is. Honestly, the highlight was the, my half-time pie. Go on, talk me about the pie. Well, we should, first of all, we should talk about the branding of the pie. Go on. Actually, well, while I find the picture of the branding, uh, the pints, pints of neck oil, only a fiver? Yeah, that is Which a, a football stadium. Uh, they've got a microbrewery on site at that stadium. Did yeah. you see the cool cups where they put the cups on? And they yeah, and I also saw at least two people... Trying to see how it worked, yeah, and pushing the bottom out, and their beard is falling out of the bottom. Oh, really? You can just push the bottom out. Well, I was just going to say, how does that? How does it actually work? Well, basically, once your glass is empty, your yeah. plastic cup is empty. If you just push your finger up the bottom of it, the bottom of it just comes out. So you just use the natural weight of the liquid to yeah, to basically to, yeah, create a seal. It to the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So people were like, oh, "How does it work?" When they've got half pint left, pushing <laughs> their finger in, and their pint is pissing like because it literally just falls out the bottom of the glass. That's good. That's kind of like um a, like a the next level of remember when you were in uni and you used to hit Smash each of the bottle, glasses yeah. like instead you have a a bottle and you just like almost like sort of wedge up, it up at the, the bottom. bottom. Yeah, that's yeah. good. It might be two 0 down, but at least I get to sample the veggie pie from the new Tottenham Stadium review coming up. That right. branding is is the 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 best blend of 
old versus new I've ever seen. Do you remember, did you ever used to have those little fairy cakes, Tom and Jerry? Fairy, yes. And it had like a, yes. a rice paper, Tom and Jerry. <laughs> yeah. That is what they've stuck on the top of that pie. Helvetica bold, all in caps. Love that. I love how they've got the really corporate Tottenham Hotspur Stadium branding, like sort of off centre as well in that in that oh. disc. And they've got leek potato and blue cheese underneath, like sort of like a little smile. And the leek, but the leek potato and blue cheese looks like it could be off of like a posh sausage roll, or like, or like it's been stamped on it, right? Yeah, it kind of works. But then when it's got the logo on there, it was. Do you know what? I had the veggie pie because veggie now. We're, we're going to have to talk about game changes yeah, on another we'll, episode. We'll, we will get to that. Uh, veggie pie, leek potato, and blue cheese, absolutely delicious. I was expecting what, it to be shit. If if blue cheese in a pie in a football stadium isn't a sign of of sort of modern football, I don't know what is. The whole thing was so modern. Mm. I couldn't believe there was any atmosphere because it felt like an airport, but it was amazing. Good pie. My dad had a chicken tikka pie. He said that was good as well. Chicken tikka pie, D. What they say, what they say in packaging wise? They come in those little silver discs. Nope, comes those little comes silver. in that bag. All right, which okay. is like a sweet shop, a stripy sweet shop bag. Just comes in that. Different colors, different pies. Uh, yeah. Nice. Good. It's just good. Old school enough to be, you know. Yeah, it was good. Do you know what? Do you know what? I'm I'm such a cynic for like that trying to make stuff like cool, and they've nailed it. Yeah, I've killed it. It's a good sta- it's a good stadium, it's a good experience, it's a good pie. It was great. Last week we heard about your pizza adventures in New York. Yes. Where you dedicated the best part of 36 hours to solely pizza. Correct. Then you had another th- sort of 24 36 yeah. hours. Yeah, another day. Another day in like a very early day. morning before a flight in New York City. And we already know your breakfast techniques in New York City are very good because you're putting coffee in a bag and a bagel in the coffee. Carnage. Second day was absolutely hectic. Second day was hectic because I had to work in the night. So I had to cram everything within like a nine hour period, basically, of doing everything I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Ahead of New York, I tried to set up loads of meetings with Scar. Didn't didn't happen because he wasn't around. Um, Alex Delaney, uh, he he cancelled last minute. But I had one more interview with... uh, a lady called Emily Elise Miller. I got to Brooklyn. I got a cab over to Brooklyn. And I had a few beers the night before when I was a bit slow. Mm-hmm. And I was just a bit like, not really that hungover, but I was just a bit like groggy and I was a bit jet lagging and a bit, ugh. So I didn't, I, you know when you meet someone for the first time, you're trying to be on? And I felt I was a bit like frazzled. I was a bit from the off. I was a bit like, oh, what's going on? Emily had recommended, she's obviously like the breakfast girl. Like she knows her shit, right? She's written this cookbook called Breakfast, which is on Fiden. And um, it is absolutely massive. So she picked Wins, this place called Winsun Bakery, which was a bakery in Brooklyn. Thank you. She used to run these things called Breakfast Club. And she would organise these breakfasts which were an opportunity for kind of people in the creative industry doing similar things, I guess, um, who would, you know, who would find it beneficial to kind of talk to people within the industry or in similar industries of a similar level or whatever. From the Instagram, it seems like a non-wanky, like business networking breakfast. Do you know what I mean? Like, 100%. I, I, the thought of going to one of those things makes my skin crawl. Yeah. But actually, They're, honestly, looks that, like she's doing it that, well. that, that is definitely, that's, where I first became aware of her um, through that work she was doing, and she'd worked with um, she'd worked with so many 
like amazing chef. So the reason, like for Breakfast Club, the event series that I did, the reason why I think that a lot of the chefs at the level that they are ended up wanting to do these like small little events was just because I, the, the vision was genuine. I really wanted to just get creative people together to have a meal and be able to talk and be in one room at the same time and let like the creative energy just kind of go wild. So bringing a chef who's also super creative and letting them do whatever they want for breakfast, it's exciting and everyone gets to like kind of feed into that energy. Um, you definitely have to understand the industry and know what you're asking of people and I think the number one thing for any industry is just be respectful of what you're asking of the other person like put yourself in their shoes and see like what would motivate them to like do something like this I thought the when she was talking about um, the breakfast club giving chefs the opportunity to like experiment I thought that was really cool and she that whole point about um, chefs having to basically do the same thing every night and perfect perfect that was sort of like something that you take for granted a little bit and I know exactly how do you know when when you do if you are lucky enough to do something that you really love for your job like us mm-hmm. sometimes well me all the time uh not all the time but mostly like and then and then you you overdo it a little bit and you do it too much and you don't give yourself a little a little sort of headspace yeah it does become like monotonous mm-hmm. regardless of the actual cut. Like, so when I'm cutting something, regardless of the content, sometimes it's just a bit like, oh, the I've, actual been, I have been doing this for too yeah. long without a day off mm-hmm. or like, or like a few days off to just like reset a little bit. Mm-hmm. It can become, yeah, monotonous is the, is the word. And I think comparing that with what she was saying about chefs is that actually even top level chefs in the restaurants they're just doing the same thing every single night mm-hmm. and that must get yeah. tiresome yeah. and so actually giving them the opportunity to do this new stuff with these breakfast clubs is like I thought that was really interesting yeah it's cool it's, I never, I actually never never even thought of it like no. a lot throughout she said the years it. so at the beginning it was really just like this will be so dope like we want to get all of like our weird art friends together and people in food farmers like everything um, and yeah, just like, I don't know, a lot of chefs were just kind of down because they also need a break and like yeah. some kind of like way to express themselves creatively because they make the same menu like over and over again to perfection and it's kind of awesome to just like take a break. I mean, yeah, and there's obviously a lot of innovation within that and that's like the main skill of being a chef is being able to recreate the same dish exactly the same way. Like that's the hard part of cooking that I can't do. Um, but it's kind of fun to just see what they come up with when there's no rules at all and it's just for their friends. Like there's no pressure. Like, like, I never get in, there's, there's not enough of like getting shown around places by people who actually live there. I can't get enough of it. But what is nice about doing this is that it actually spurs you it'd be so easy to turn up and be like oh i went for a few business night feel like shit can't and cancel yeah but because you have this yeah. it just like it kicks gives you an extra little bit of a reason to actually go meet people and it's so much better and when it's informal like really informal like this it, there's no agenda and this is uh Fantuan, so it's like a rice roll and so typically actually the utl like the fried crawlers can go inside these as well and then there's egg there's all these like pickled vegetables and then um, there's pork floss, which is like dried, fretted, shredded, like beef or pork or shrimp, fish, whatever. They have it with everything. So it's kind of like burrito, like build your own burrito. Again, style. right. This like fraud feeling because I'm like, I'm here because my friend and I make a food podcast. 
but I also have absolutely no idea what's going on. It is very polarizing because Emily knows her shit big time. And as I mentioned to her during the, the chat, uh, she retains information like a sponge and her ability to kind of like recount experiences she's had and things she's eaten and cultures from which that food has kind of originated is like pretty amazing to like just listen to and just chat to someone who knows that shit. I feel like she had a really good handle on not necessarily cultural appropriation, but just like heritage of food. And it sounds like she is the sort of person that's very well placed to like uh, speak about that stuff. She's she's very like world, like of the world. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's what I'm looking at. That's um, what I mean. Cultural appropriation comes up a lot in food. And to me, every ingredient is from everywhere. And I learned that working on the book and traveling that everyone wants to like claim ingredients and dishes and everything but people who are respecting the tradition and the original origins of the food but then adding their own kind of culture and perspective to it as well has been happening since the beginning of time and it makes for really damn good food so food should always be adapting and shifting and changing just like everything else in the world like globalization is a huge topic right now and it's because all these like kids in our generation and like younger ones are connected in a way that we've never been connected before so you'll see food trends pop up in other countries like overnight because of some successful thing that's happening in Los Angeles and it can be in like Moscow so there's no barrier to access anymore which is really interesting because now the floodgates are open and you can see what people actually like and want to eat it was interesting because Winson is uh, it's very relevant actually because they're they're a bakery they sort of describe it as like their soul is Taiwanese, but they take influences from Taiwan, France, and the United States. So it's kind of like this amalgamation of mm. modern America where you've got this like Asian influence and then you've got this like traditional style, like French style thing. And then like just the kind of like external general influence of America. And I feel like everything that Emily was talking about was completely, it was just illustrated by the the sort of metal tray of, of pastries and fries and homemade soy milk and stuff that we were drinking and eating and i was just like this is fucking it's just, it's just a, a very good example of just but like we also i mean i feel like our generations are known for killing things but like canned fish and like things like that but we also bring them back in a way that makes more sense and it's really cool to see us revive older traditions, but in a way that is translated to like pass on those traditions to the next generations. Instead of like keeping it the same and letting it die, I'd rather somebody pick it up and like make it a little bit more progressive. There's something really beautiful though about those like old school kind of restaurants and the ways of doing things. And we have that respect too. If you look at food journalism, like coming out of, like specifically in New York, you'll see just as many weird mom and pop shops that are not weird, like amazing, but like that have been there forever making the same things. Like I have just as much respect for them as I do for something like this. But these guys will never tell you that they are making flat out traditional Taiwanese food. They'll say we are making traditional Taiwanese food in some dishes, but other ones were doing something kind of cool. Like all this French fries, sure they have French yeah, yeah. fries, but like 
um, I don't know, even this, like, wrap that we're eating, like, it's kind of reminiscent of, um, like, a, like, things, which are, it just means bread, but, like, usually in some kind of sandwich, and there's a million different types of them all over Asia, so this is, like, their version of that, and pork knuckles, like, a super, they're just using a lot of types of techniques that end up coming into like their perspective of things while still like super respecting the culture that it came from so it's it's really cool it's funny how you said how you felt really slow and like you you wanted to be switched on but you weren't and then she talks about um breakfast being a really personal time like Mm -hmm. she says i think she says um but that's what's so special about breakfast too and maybe why i love the cultural appropriation conversation because it's the most personal time of day you are having this meal typically by yourself or with your family and it's before you've been influenced by media or conversations or things going on throughout the day and meeting somebody out for breakfast is like sacrificing sleep and personal time which is i think the most kind act of love and i was like that's so true and also how everybody's breath like likes and dislikes when it comes to breakfast just comes from your family when you were a kid it's traditional breakfast recipes are kind of like an oxymoron because everyone makes it different you take like ingredients and dishes based in a certain place and then make it for your own personal preferences and likings and that changes based on family like dramatically like yeah. I, I didn't eat porridge until about a year ago because my family never ate porridge. It was just funny you saying you didn't feel it, it, going to meet somebody for the first time when you're not feeling like totally awakened. That is quite a, that is a, a a slightly disarming. Oh yeah, you're you're like you're, unguarded. Situation. Yeah, your guard is down completely. Mm. It's almost just like yeah, you you've been thrown into battle with absolutely no sort of weapon. Basically, yeah. it's it was a weird. nice new philosophical take on breakfast yeah. I enjoyed that I'll think about that when I, when I eat my porridge next right then buy none get one free week two week two episode two so you last week you went with a very brash approach of just asking flat out you know what when we first decided to do this how much did you sort of underestimate how much you'd hate it i i honestly i hate it so much do you really hate it and i'll tell you why go on well i mean you're gonna hear okay because just because i'm not very good at it all right fine. <laughs> okay. and, and, and without sounding like a dick most things i, I can have a good go at mm-hmm. like I, I, I can i'm not particularly good at one any one thing right i can sort of I can have a good go at most things, mm-hmm. and this I'm shit at already, and I've only done it once. <laughs> so I, 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 you, you are on the camp of just going in and asking for it and being very blunt about it. Correct. I am convinced that it's not going to work. Fine, but you can, you can flog that horse. Hey, maybe I will. Whatever the analogy is, yeah. Until maybe that'll work. Yeah, I'm on more bit of a subtle, a subtle approach. The Hugh Grant approach. So I, I am saving my. Uh, Perhaps more positive attempts, you know, being extra friendly and chirpy and stuff. I'm saving that mm-hmm. for for another time when I'm not feeling ill, I'm not croaky, and people don't stop having to ask me what I'm saying because my yeah. voice is like this. <laughs> uh, so I went for a sympathy approach, right? Yesterday, okay. I a good angle. Uh, well, see, in my head, I'm like, you go in, you look like you're having a terrible time. Yeah. You say you're having a shit day. Yeah. Maybe they'll take a bit of pity on you. And yeah. Like, hey, do you know what? Do you know what, mate? Do you know what? 
my young my young pal, you can have this for nothing. Yeah. Um, I was like, it's a no brainer. Yeah. It does I'd, make sense to be fair. It's got all the it's got all the makeup of a of a free coffee. Right. And really, it should be as easy as just walking in. But mm-hmm. I had to plan this out. I was in Soho, you, I was right on Carnaby Street. You can't go to the one in Carnaby Street because it's so busy. They don't even look at you in the serving. They're yeah, that's throwing, true. They're just throwing coffee on people and sandwiches everywhere. Yeah, that's true. I'm en route to a quieter prep. Week two. I can't remember the name <laughs> of this segment. So I left it until about half past two. Right. After the lunch rush. And I went, rush. There's a little one down. Do you know where Whole Foods is in by Piccadilly? Yes. Just up from there. There's a little There's a little one that's sort of hidden away and it's always quite quiet. Okay. I don't even know that one. Right. So I thought I'll go down there. All right. The hack one. The hack prep. Yeah. All right. So I, I, was, I was on my way. Picture the scene. It's pissing it down with rain. Yeah. Hard to imagine. I've got some music in my headphones. Yeah. I put on Dido. Some, I put, yeah, I put on some. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Dido on, white yeah. flag, and I'm and I'm going in. I'm making sure I'm getting nice and wet. I'm leaving my hair to drip down the front <laughs> of my head. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to work up a sort of a, a, a watery eye. A steam. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm Olivia Coleman in the end of episode three of The Crown. Nice. Good ref. You can tell we're watching The Crown in a minute. Yeah. I go in, and I actually needed to buy some lunch. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe I'd buy. I'll do what you did. Buy something mm-hmm. and hope I get the coffee for free on top. I, there was a, there was a few people in the queue, and I I was eyeing up the potential staff members that might take more pity on me. Are you like on your phone at this point, pretending to be on it? Uh, like, no, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm side eyeing, but I'm sort of I've got a I've got a, a salad in my hand, and I'm maybe looking at some crisps or something I'm going to okay. get. But I'm I'm not looking at the crisps no. myself. I'm looking no. at the staff. Yeah. So I'm going I'm going scanning down the line of like the five staff members. Right. Four guys, one lady. I'm thinking mm-hmm. that lady, she's gonna she's gonna take pity on me. Mm-hmm. She she was the manager. Well, you know how you know you can just tell who the manager is. Yeah, she yeah. was the manager. Yeah, there's an ear of authority. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, if anyone's going to give me anything, give me her. Mm-hmm. And the other guys, they were absolutely firing stuff over the counter. You know, it was all very quick. Trying she, to impress the manager. Was, yeah, she was much more relaxed. So I thought mm-hmm. I aimed for her, so I waited till she was free. <laughs> Let me just say at this point, the plan was, I got to the counter looking as forlorn as possible, and say hi, how are you? you know, downward inflection. Yeah. And she'd say, I'm all right, I'm good. How are you? And I would say, do you know what? Honestly, I'm having a shit day. And one of those days, <laughs> I had a, I had the line in my head, I'm having one of those days where everything just goes against you. I'm hoping that my lunch can cheer the, me up a little the, bit, right? The pity but angle. I'm, I'm, I'm going full, full pity. Right. I've Literally, I've rehearsed it like four times. What I'm waiting for is the opportunity for her to ask me how I am. Mm-hmm. Me to be like, yeah, all right. And then yeah. I was going to go, well, actually, do you, do you, know, you don't want to just be the complete downer that's like, oh, terrible. Me. Yeah, I wanted, yeah. to, I wanted, how in my head, how it went was, yeah, all right. Thanks. Actually, like, having a bit of a shit one, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, try, mm-hmm. try and make it at least realistic. Hi, how are you? Thank you. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Is that takeaway? Uh, Is that takeaway or stay in? <laughs> you heard how quickly she's fucking said it. <laughs> But I... <laughs> right, so now I'm left with a dilemma. Yeah, takeaway, please. Yeah, in my head I'm going, just say, it, just say it, just say it. But then I was like, imagine if I just went takeaway, please. I'm having a terrible day. <laughs> that is mental, to be fair. That is mental. She hasn't really given you much option, has she? No. So what do you think? What are you? What are you doing? What do you say? What do you say? You're stood there thinking shit, looking at her blankly. Have a nice day. Uh... 
That um. That was an um. That, that was a genuine um. um. That, is, that was your brain. Is, is my brain? Everything slowed down. <laughs> the whole world froze. At this point, you are literally having a terrible day. Th- yeah. At this point, yeah. Because I'm like, sorry, oh, this is gonna work. But I just couldn't. I could not bring myself to do it. So then I just. Can I grab a latte as well? I ordered a latte that I didn't even want. Honestly, you don't even drink a latte for a while. And it's pathetic. It's fucking pathetic. It's half past two in the afternoon. I do not want this latte. I don't want to pay for this latte either. I had to say something. You're too polite. Do you know what? £6.50. <laughs> and the worst thing was... While this whole thing's happening, I haven't got out of my sad, forlorn boy character. So I'm paying on my contact list. Like, that is poor. It's poor. Do you know what? It's absolutely pathetic. It is pathetic because, at least with my um, bullishness, there is a little bit of like gumption. You're just a bit pathetic. That, honestly, I was, I was gutted. It's nil nil. Two weeks in. I felt nil, like nil. I wanted to go into another prep and be like, I'm having a shit day because I've just tried to go in your other prep. <laughs> I make a really fucking good food podcast and we're playing this ridiculous segment and I can't get free coffee. Do you, okay? know, what, do you, know, do you know what the absolute pinnacle was? Go I then have to walk back into the place that I'm working in and I walk through the production office to get to the little edit suite and I've got a prep coffee in my hand and there's free coffee in the office. You can just uh-huh. get as many coffees as you want. And so people, and bear in mind I've worked there quite a lot, so people were going, why have you just bought a coffee from prep? <laughs> and then you have to be like... So I have this podcast and we're doing this thing <laughs> where we're trying to get free coffee and then, uh, you know. It's good. Dude. It's good. It's enjoyable for me. And that, it is enjoyable for me. I am so bad at this game. It's not enjoyable for me, I tell you that. I'm up next week. You're up next week. You'll probably you'll probably just go in and say, oh, well, give me a coffee. A gunpoint. <laughs> if, if, if anything, mine's anything to go by, it will come to that. Uh, that was week two of buy and get one free. An absolute disgrace of a segment, but you know we're we're powering through. Only t- hey, only only five more attempts each to go. So, kill me. Left side or right side? Uh, I don't know. It's around here. It's around here somewhere. I can hop out here, man. Oh, it's there. It's just there. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> nice one, man. Okay. Excellent, dude. Have a good day. All right. Thank you very much. So long. Didn't even take the I was uh, I was running around. I had some work to do, so I thought I'm just gonna do it in the back of a cab rather than. Oh, Jumped man. in a cab. Post Emily. Yeah. Uh, sun was out. Be- mm. Beautiful day. Blue mm. sky day. Lovely. Um, skipped over to deeper, darker Brooklyn. I don't really know the ins and outs of different bits of Brooklyn. <laughs> I thought deeper, darker was the name of a restaurant. There. No. Went to see our friend Cole Wilson. Oh, what a guy. What guy? Cole Wilson is a bloody great photographer. Really good. Uh, really, really good. Like, really good. And he uh, he had like a half an hour to spare in the, in the afternoon, so I thought, I'm going to skip over and see that man, because he is lovely. Mm-hmm. He took me to Golda, which was a little coffee shop in Brooklyn, as I've mentioned, and uh, very like new American food, like refined takes on like classic, like for example, I had a, ch- a fried chicken sandwich. Po- post, by the way, meeting Emily for breakfast, I was absolutely, I felt miserable at this point. I was so full. Went to this place called Ali's Rotty Shop. Mm-hmm. Mate. Talk to me. Oh, it was it was the perfect balance of filth and greatness because it was, it looked shit from the outside, like really shit. Like, Sounding a lot like Rotty King to me. Like Rotty King definitely has that like, we've got that Houston money behind us. Right. Fucking Ali's Rotty Shop. 
No use to money. No use to money there. You know how, you know when you go into like a porn shop, P-A-W-N, not P-O-R-N? Uh, uh, yes, because the, the latter does not exist. A porn shop? A porn shop? I don't know, like a dating a se- shop. Yeah, like a sex shop yeah. maybe. But a por- you don't call it a porn shop. You, nah. Would you call it a porn shop? Anyway, it looked like a porn shop in the in the sense of it had like a plexi, a ple- yeah, it was lo- there was loads of nudes and just like sex toys like, oh, right, all cool. over the walls. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, no, there was like a big plexiglass like fr- window on mm-hmm. the inside, so it was almost like you stepped in and there was like a square of foot space with like no one in there. Obviously, it was there was a few people in there doing it a bit of a disservice, like a tiled. Um, Tile floor, and then within the shop, there was like another box built within it, right? right, right, right. Where the kitchen and everything was, like behind, mm-hmm. and then there was a big plexiglass front with two holes where you ordered and a massive menu, which is like all in like vinyl and stuff. And it, it would look, it looked like shady, but in like not in a bad way, but it was just a bit like it just rough around the edges, and um. I was like, I'm excited. Because oh, yeah. it, it, That's it, a bit of you. Do you know what I mean? You can, you can keep Golda. Golda's fine for a little Cortado at 8am on a Monday morning. I want to go to Ali's. And That's I want... the situation I imagine you where you're sort of chatting to Cole, looking at the menu, and your hands are just putting your flash on your camera, <laughs> tightening it up without you even realising. Yeah. Beep. Get, get that loaded up. Knock that down to 32 over one. <laughs> Love it job. Yeah, it was... <laughs> It, <laughs> there's so much audio of just that noise in the background. I let Cole do the order in. It was like a tr- it was Trinidadian, so I, I'd never really eaten, eaten Trinidadian food before. And uh, Cole ordered. He was like, "I'll take the lead on this." I was like, "Excellent," because I have no idea what's going on. A local and B always go out with, uh, for eat, to eat with a food photographer. Honestly, because they go to places that they you'd never normally go to. It's the same as you. You go to those places that you'd never really think of, and then you're like, "This place is actually sick. Mm, big time." We had a couple of doubles. Double what? With tamarind sauce. Well, I thought that. Um, I'd never even heard of a double. Cole was talking about a double, double as if what? I, I should have known what it was. They're just called doubles. They're called doubles. It's a double with one bara, chana, and some toppings or condiments. And then customers started to ask Mr. Mahmoudin to double it up. And so the name Doubles was born. Cross between a taco and like a flatbread. Trinidadian street food, apparently. I don't know. The bread's actually called Barra. And that is that. And it's like some chickpea, almost like a chickpea curry in it. Mm-hmm. With like a tamarind sauce. And it's like wrapped in like a, like, you know, those little greasy, greaseproof sweet bags you used to get. Those little white ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you had two of those? No, one of those. <laughs> I mean, it sounds delightful. I, it was, it, and I actually mean that. It was it was sketchy and fantastic in every way. But yeah, I did that with, with, with Cole. It was a delightful time. Incredibly full. This weekend already, you've had four different pizza, types of pizza, oysters, double, whatever the double, 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 double is, probably a double cheeseburger at some point you haven't told me about, and you had bagels and coffee. You've had breakfast with... Unidentified food with Emily. Correct. Lovely. That's New York done. That's New York over and done with. The big well, double well win trip. The big unofficial Thanksgiving episode of the podcast celebrating all things American in 2019. Didn't even mention Thanksgiving, but let's face it, Thanksgiving's just a roast dinner. So we have Thanksgiving every single Sunday in this country. Hey, back it though. Mashed potatoes on, on Thanksgiving. Oh, fuck off. Big time. Oops. Check us out at Set Meals on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, there will be updates about all the episodes, all the things, all the doubles. We're trying to work out a way of mapping out everywhere we go. We started a Google map, didn't we? Yeah, we which haven't... was working quite well, but we we can't work out a way to like sort of put it online and make it look good. Lovely. All right. See you next week, Taylor. See you then, mate. Listener.